Hey everybody, this is Luna Tan, and this is Dwayne Paris. You are listening to Clubotech Publishing Radio. Here we talk about what's happening in the publishing industry today, share stories and insights from publishers, and discuss how we can shape the future of publishing. Welcome to Club Tech Publishing Radio. This is the twentieth episode. I'm Luna, and I'm Dwayne. Have you ever thought about that the two-dimensional pictures lying on a book could be presented in three D animation with augmented reality? What could this mean for publishing and education? It is exciting today. We're going to spotlight on this very interesting topic. The guests with us today are Ingrid Skreda. And Harold Mannheim from Ludenso. Harold is the chief technology officer and co-founder of Ludenso. He is a creative entrepreneur who has led the launch of five educational AR apps, going out to tens of thousands of students. Ingrid is the chief marketing officer and co-founder of Ludenso. She works closely with educators and students. And has led two research projects on how to utilize the potential of AR in education. Welcome to the show, Ingrid and Harold. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, to begin with, let's talk about Lutenso. Where does that word come from, and how does it tie into the company? Yeah, so that's a nice question. Uh, Ludenso comes from the word ludens, which means having fun, and uh, so Homo ludens is the playful human, and we want to create fun and engaging technology to change education and also have fun at work. So that's where the word comes from. And when it comes to the company and how we're bringing that into what we're doing with publishers, we started out in Norway. And、uh, worked with a publishing house called Askehau, and they were struggling to couple their digital resources to their textbooks, and that's where they saw the potential with augmented reality. Because teachers love their textbooks, but they also rely more and more on digital assets. And so it was, how can we couple these two worlds together in a fun way that really enhances learning? That sounds very interesting.、Um, I think people have different levels of understanding of augmented reality. So, could you give us a more comprehensive definition of AR, and in particular, what specific type of AR does Ludenso use? Yeah, sure. AR stands for augmented reality. It means basically you're augmenting. Uh, the real world, putting a digital layer on top of the actual、uh, world you're living in, and this could、uh, mean a lot for. If I want to use trivial examples,、uh, Pokemon Go,、uh, where people are going around in parks chasing Pokemons, or maybe when you're adding a filter on your Snapchat, that's another example of augmented reality. If you have a new car and you're backing, you can see like a line on your camera, a digital layer on top of your camera, saying. When you are hitting、um, another car or or some other obstacles, that's another example of augmented reality. So I think in in many ways,、uh, it doesn't have to be very intrusive.、Uh, augmented reality is the aim is just to give some sort of helps here and there throughout your daily life to make it easier. And in education, 
this could mean as, as, as of today, mobile AR is the most uh, used, uh, meaning that you use augmented reality through your smartphone and the camera scans the environment and you can put some sort of digital layer on top of it. Uh, in the future, this might mean more and more commercially accessible uh, glasses, AR glasses, where you can have a headset on you and experience that everything around you is it could be augmented. So nowadays, we are enriching school books. In the future, it could mean even more immersive experiences. Uh, let's say you have a classroom where a teacher is outside in the nature and they are presenting the whole uh, solar system with the animation and rotations with the planets and the moon and and the, the teacher can explain students what's happening in a much larger scale and in three dimension and even four dimension if you have a rotation because it will have the time component as well. So I think the possibilities are, are huge. Uh, I think you should always, with a new technology, start with the easier cases as we are doing now with this book. We are basically linking content that are existing digitally with the correct content in, in the book. That sounds good, Harold. When we talk about AR-enhanced textbooks, how does that differ from your regular textbooks? And what kind of experience do you see the reader having? We can take one example from one of our books uh, here in Norway, where we have vocational training for students in, within healthcare. And uh, so a situation where they don't have an AR-enhanced school book, they will have a lot of images of anatomy of the, the body's uh, anatomical parts and there's a lot of good illustrations uh, uh, really good illustrations trying to tell the user how does this look in 3d we believe that it's a lot more engaging even though it's a it you can do a lot with illustrations but for example things like anatomy is is best delivered in three dimensions and, and you can even have where it could be a good part is is animated parts of uh, anatomy so you can have a beating heart showing the user where does the blood flow in in the chambers of the heart and where does it flow out so i think for those students they can have a much more comprehensive understanding of how the body looks like after they finish the school year uh, because they've been immersed in three-dimensional objects of the body and they can also learn more about student contacts to through videos and podcasts which typically will be available on their website, but now they can be directed in the book, so it will be a lot more usage of those kind of enrichments. It sounds really exciting that um, it is possible for users and students to access in different ways to learn the material or the content that used to be only available on a two-dimensional paper. And um, just as you said, now we have the possibility of using uh, videos, audios, and the three-dimensional illustration. It's really exciting to know the, the perspective from application. Could you give us update news about how researchers say about AR? Yes, yeah, so the field of research on AR is growing very rapidly. And so is, of course, also the expansion of AR-compatible devices and uh, uh, the increased usage of AR technologies. And so what I think is very interesting with the research today is that it shows a very promising potential of how it can keep readers more motivated, captivated, spark more curiosity, because it makes knowledge more authentic and realistic. And so 
this is also a very, very promising approach to include more learners. So especially students with ADHD, dyslexia, language barriers, etc., have seen huge benefits from having access to knowledge in a more fun and engaging way so that makes it more intuitive. And then research is also showing that there are a few barriers that need to be overcome, especially in terms of using AR, not just for the sake of AR, because yes, it can be fun and engaging, but where does the true learning come in? And this is where we really want to dive deep into in the future and see how we can shape learning in a meaningful way that includes more learners. And so we're actually very excited now to say that we have been granted a new research project. And so this will be our third research project on how AR can create opportunities, but also what barriers are there um, in terms of learning for students with uh, special needs. So I'm, uh, I'm really excited about getting started with that research project in this fall. I agree with that point where you have to draw a line or make the distinction between just being entertained and learning. So you have to have that balance there and make sure that the focus is on learning However, the AR part is to enhance that learning experience. So we hear a lot these days about the metaverse. How does AR compare to the metaverse in terms of being a, a part of the educational process? Well, I think in the metaverse, you will have countless different reality talents, if you can call it that, like different types of layers on the real world where you were, will access different things. And as uh, you, Dwayne, just said, it could be entertainment, it could be ed ed educational, it could be a combination, of course. I think education in augmented reality only will become better and better when the metaverse grows. And we like to think ourselves as one reality channel in part of multiple, uh, countless actually reality challenges that will emerge in the future. And uh, our reality channel that Lugenso is making happens to be oriented around education. And uh, let's say other reality channels where you have, for example, uh, Minecraft creating a reality channel where students or, or people can make their own things. This could be very interesting to look at how can you connect education with something that is more seen like gaming or entertainment, but could easily be used for learning purposes as well and to learn how we can link learning content into these other reality channels could be very, very interesting to look at. When you see a metaverse emerging with as aspects where, where maybe places where children are using their spare time voluntarily, it, it could be really interesting to, let's see, links between our educational learning or reality space, combine something that's educational and go into a a uh, Minecraft world where they are creating what they are learning uh, in uh, at Ludenso's reality channel. It is a very interesting way to look out how, how you could link things that are connected to learning with things that are connected to creating, for example. So I think the bigger the metaverse becomes, the more exciting it will be to have learning experiences there as well. Definitely. Absolutely. And I imagine the production in AR being embedded in educational content is a complicated process. 
So would you make it, <laughs> I guess, a little less complicated for us and uh, <laughs> our audience? And in addition to that, what devices do readers need to access this content? Yeah, uh, first, like I can answer the second question first. As I said, uh, most AR devices today are mobile. It means uh, Android and iOS. So that's a short answer there. You have other players. So you have, uh, for example, Microsoft HoloLens, which is another platform that is not available for most uh, students today, as it's quite expensive. But hopefully we'll see uh, both Apple, Google, um, maybe Meta, uh, will create uh, consumer-oriented um, AR glasses that will be a lot less costly than they are today. But the short answer today is iOS and Android. And the production process, it's, it's interesting because today, if you're a edit, an editor who wants to AR enrich your school books, you will need to learn some programming or you will need someone in your team that can program. And uh, we think editors should be best at pedagogy and not programming, so we are making this platform to remove the technical component. So there's a drag and drop interface where you can drag and drop 3D models, videos, and links to the correct parts in the book. And this is how we start the AR revolution in education by letting the pedagogical responsibilities stay at the editors, but they don't have to have the technical competence of a programmer to, to do this. And this is where the role we are taking. It sounds like the technical threshold here is not very high to producing such an AR enhanced book, which I think is a good news for us. So Harold and Ingrid, thank you so much for being on our podcast. And next questions are what we call our signature questions. So the first one is, what is the best way for you to get relaxed? Do I start, Ingrid? <laughs> you can go first. Okay. I think uh, I think it's a, it was an interesting question and maybe think a bit. Here in Norway, we, we are very fond of, of skiing, uh, cross-country skiing, and uh, there's a big forest uh, next to Oslo where they have uh, these beautiful ski slopes uh, in the wintertime. And I think when you have a full moon or close to full moon, so it's uh, it's light enough but quite dark still, and you go into the dark, the non-lightened uh, part of the forest, I think that's really relaxing and soothing. So you're, you're walking in this super silent forest with just the moon as a light, and uh, you just get to clear out all the thoughts you don't want to have and can focus on, on yourself and, uh, and just moving into the forest. I think that's a, a beautiful way to uh, relax and uh, almost uh, a sort of meditation, I would say. Yes, that sounds really relaxing. <laughs> Ingrid? Yeah, so I'm also very fond of being out in the forest. And uh, my family has had a small summer house in uh, in the forest where both my parents and my grandparents have enjoyed reading uh, novels. And so what I like to do when I want to really relax is to put out my hammock and uh, find a good novel. Mm, going into forest and going skiing, both sounds very Norwegian. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's that's really amazing. So for the second question, uh, could each of you tell us two people, either dead or alive, that you would like to invite for dinner? 
Yeah. There's probably a million people but that you can suggest that I would say, oh, yeah, of course. That's also a person I want to have a dinner with. But uh, if I had to choose two right now, I would uh, I would say uh, Yuval Harari, the uh, Israeli uh, historian who's uh, written some some great books about the human history and, and then the human future. Uh, he's He has a really interesting perspective on learning and especially being a lifelong learner now that technology is constantly replacing jobs you will more it's more important to learn how to reinvent yourself than to invent yourself once which is the style we're doing now when you are sort of defining yourself at i'm an engineer i'm a doctor i'm a nurse instead of this he's sort of portraying a future where people are constantly changing what they're doing since you are constantly replacing jobs and inventing new ones so so yeah he he will definitely be a good person to have around my dinner table and um, the second one i chose was uh, winston churchill he's uh, not alive now but uh, for this example we we would have that uh, he was a leader in europe when there was war and we're back again at war and i think it would be really interesting to hear from the person that has gotten a lot of the credit for for being the leader of the of the war against the Nazi Germany and and uh, it would be interesting to hear his take on what we are moving into now in in today's situation in Europe. And Ingrid, what's your answer? Yeah, so I think uh, it would be very nice to join in on Harold's dinner, but uh, if I had to choose for myself, <laughs> I uh, I would like to invite Ada Lovelace. Uh, she's often regarded as the first computer programmer. And I think it would be very interesting to hear what her visions for where technology could take us and what concerns she would raise from a historical perspective. And then to add on to this conversation, I think it would be fun to have uh, Aldous Huxley, the Nobel Prize winner, just to hear his utopian and dystopian uh, ideas of society and how this would couple with technology. So there'll be a dinner table with six people. <laughs> yeah, we can join forces. I, I could agree with that. Yeah, an even better dinner. Yeah. All right. So, would you please share your favorite phrase and tell us a little bit on what it means to you? Yeah, uh, I have uh, one phrase that I like a lot, and I'm I'm not sure where I heard of it. And I, I tried to Google it before this podcast, and uh, I didn't find the origin, but. Uh, the the saying is one must never confuse movement with progress meaning that if you're trying to achieve a goal and you're heading to towards a different direction than where the goal is that doesn't help your purpose and to me this says that movement in a stressed time means you often should take like a time out and understand what's going on here uh, it doesn't necessarily say that you shouldn't try to move when you don't know the direction but it just means that you should be, be aware of that just because you're moving doesn't mean you're moving in the right direction. You, it doesn't say that you, you shouldn't try it, but you should be aware that you could be wrong. Uh, you should have the, um, let's say, the humbleness of acknowledging that everything you do isn't always a perfect way to, to your end goal. So that's a, that's a saying that I, or a phrase I really like. I hear you yeah. and I... I agree with you on this point. Um, 
And so, Ingrid, what's your what's your favorite phrase? Yeah, so I would like to pick one in Norwegian. It's "Dørstok mila er alltid længst," and uh, directly translated, it means "the doorstep mile is always the hardest." And it means that the hardest part of a journey can be to just get out the door. And so I think the most important thing to take out of it is that you can just start small and start now, and then step by step and day by day, you you get the chance to achieve something really great and uh, you can do anything you want. Exactly, that sounds so true for me. That's the, um, the most struggling moment for me is always um, being struggled whether to have a run or not. The moment that I, <laughs> I I'm thinking about should I just put on my sneakers and go out. So yeah, I do feel for that. Thank you. <laughs> so if you combine Ingrid's phrase and mine, you should actually just start doing something, but then acknowledge that you might not do it right immediately. Which is exactly. uh, so. So maybe together they are a really powerful uh, philosophy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> This has been Global Tech Publishing Radio with our guests, Harold Mannheim and Ingrid Skritti. For more information about AR, education, publishing, and how we can do more with three of them, please visit the website, dudenso.com. That's L-U-D-E-N-S-O.com. Thank you so much, Ingrid and Harold, for being with us. And we do appreciate the time you spend on this show. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you very much. Subscribe to Clopotech Publishing Radio in whatever podcasting app you listen to. Or get this podcast delivered to your inbox by subscribing to Clopotech's newsletter. It's free and easy to sign up. The link is in the episode notes. Special thanks to Nello Clopotech. Marian Belling, Bjorn Berger, Angie Heinrich, Stefan Kaufer, George Logan, and Mark Wintel for making this episode possible. Leave us a message on Twitter, LinkedIn, or email us at podcast at clopotech.com. This is Clopotech Publishing Radio. I'm Dwayne Paris. I'm Luna Tan. Thank you for listening.